we know that you are more than able to do abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. And Father, we want that to be done in our lives. And we know it's made possible because of Jesus. And for that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. All right, it's Grandparents Day. I would like for all the grandparents, now before you do this, listen to me, I want you to stand, but you can't sit down until I give you further instructions on how to do that, okay? So all the grandparents, stand up for just a moment. All the grandparents, stand up. Wow, let's give all the grandparents a hand. If you have up to five grandchildren, you can sit down. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is fixing to get interesting. If you have six to ten grandchildren, well, Mac Rice sat down real fast. You can sit down. Okay, hold on a minute. If you have 13 or more grandchildren, you can sit down. <laughs> Jake, Jay's still counting over here. Okay. If you have 15 or more grandchildren, you can sit down. Wow. If you have 100 or more, no, I'm just kidding. If you have, hold on a minute, I'm not through. If you have, uh, where did I leave off, 15? If you have 20 or more grandchildren, sit down. Oh my goodness, okay, I'm just going to do this. How many do y'all have? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, one. <laughs> All right, how many grandchildren do you have? Two. Okay, that didn't go right. <laughs> I didn't ask it right, did I? <laughs> How many of you have more than 15 grandchildren? Raise your hand. Herschel and Lee, how many do y'all have? You have 50, any more than 15 grandchildren? Raise your hand. Any more? Give them a hand. 15 grandchildren. That is awesome. You know, there's a beautiful passage of Scripture in 3 John, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's a great passage to live out, isn't it? And as people of faith, that's a great passage to know in your heart that your children and grandchildren are walking with God. For a few minutes this morning, I want you to turn to the sixth book of the Bible, Joshua. I want you to land in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Now when you turn there, you're going to see the little heading that says Rahab and the spies. And you're probably thinking, what in the world does the story of Rahab have to do with grandparents? Because the one thing that we know about Rahab, she was a prostitute. Okay? But she was also a woman who trusted God. She is celebrated twice in the New Testament writings 
as a great believer. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, she's listed in the great hall of faith chapter as one as she welcomed the spies that came her way. And then over in James chapter 2, verse 25, she's described as one whose faith proved itself by good works. Now, here's what's going on around the story of Rahab. Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about her life. It seems that the only account that we really have of her is found right here in Joshua chapter 2. And then she's mentioned those other passages in the New Testament. She's first introduced as a prostitute, not as someone as you would expect that uh, God would, be, would praise in the Scripture. But here's what I want you to see this morning. The story of Rahab is located right in the midst of this biblical account of the launch of Israel's military campaign to conquer the promised land, to conquer Canaan. And so they're camped out by the Jordan River waiting for the orders to cross and take possession of the land that they had been waiting for for so long. And so Joshua, their new leader, remember he sends two spies to help in the planning of his strategy. And then those, those spies come back to Jericho. That's the first city that's in the path of these coming conquerors. And we read that their first stop on their mission was the house of the prostitute Rahab. You see, no doubt Rahab's house was a frequent stopping place for travelers from other parts of the land because one, it was an ideal location for a quick escape because it was built into a city wall, chapter 2, verse 15. And so here's what God does in this chapter. He directs the spies to Rahab's house because he knew her heart was open to them and that she would be in instrumental in this Israelite victory over Jericho. You see, I want you to hear one thing this morning, and as we zero in on this event, I want to trust that we will see that God often uses people with simple faith to accomplish a great purpose that he has in mind. How many of you this morning have a past? Raise your hand. Come on, get the hands up. You have a past, right? There is no doubt that Rahab had a past, okay? But I want to tell you, God looks to us today and he doesn't zero in on our past. He zeroes in on where our heart lies. And we want to always be sure that our heart is following step by step in the path that leads to a hunger and a thirst for Almighty God. There's a lot of things going on in this story, but I want you to see some things this morning that I believe, not just for grandparents, but for all of us, that will encourage us in our faith as we're trying to pass our faith on to somebody else. Maybe not a family member, but maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker. It's somebody that's in your path that God has placed before you, right there in your life, that he will use you to do extraordinary things in his name. Now, if you go back and look in Matthew chapter 1, here's what you see. Rahab bore Boaz, remember the wife of Ruth in the book of Ruth, who bore Obed, who bore Jesse, and we know that Jesse was the father of David, 
who became the greatest king of Israel. But even that, uh, every king was patterned after him. And here's the important thing to remember. Jesus comes out of that line. So you could go back, if you're a history buff, you could go back and trace it this way. Rahab was the great, 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 and I'm going to add a few more greats in there, grandmother of Jesus. Rahab was the great, great grandmother of David. And so something happened that would change her mind. Something happened along the way that would change her destiny, and when it changed her destiny, it changed her children's destiny. And I wonder this morning if we really catch on to that, maybe something great would happen in our own walk with God. The memory of the just, Proverbs says, is blessed. And so I want you to listen to these words this morning in Joshua chapter 2. I want to read beginning in verse 1, and I want to go down to about verse 8. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. And so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. And so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. I want you to bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out this whole land. But the woman who had taken the two men and hidden them, she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. And at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of the flax that she had laid out on the roof. And so the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. And before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof. And I'm going to continue reading in verse 9 in just a moment. I want you to look at a couple of things that happens to Rahab. Number one, and I'm going to read this beginning in verse 9. I want you to see this. She listened to the testimonies of God. Folks, in the life that you live right now, you hear a lot of testimonies, you hear a lot of stories, you hear a lot of different things. It is vital that we key in on the testimonies of Almighty God. And that's what begins to change Rahab's destiny. That's what begins to change her whole outlook, not just for her, but for her family. Look at verse 9. She, took them, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard, verse 10, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came up out of Egypt and what you did to Shion and Og, the two kings of their Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. In verse 11, when we heard of it, 
our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. You see, they struggled then just like we struggle now. They struggled with false gods. They struggled with not just listening to them, but many, many people were turning their hearts and they were giving their lives and they were giving all over to those false gods. Because on the surface, what it looked like was, man, if we give our life and all the fears that we have over to this little God, they're going to save us. They're going to take care of us. But here's what happened. When they heard the message of Jehovah God, the one true God, see what the text says? Their heart melted because of the fear that they had for him, and they began to turn to his ways. And so Rahab listened to the testimonies of God. You see, these people knew nothing but slavery. But the more that they listened to God, what they began to see is a life of slavery is going to be done away with, and they're walking into a light and a land of freedom. Many of us in this room right here this morning, we're a slave to something. What we want to be is a slave to God. Amen? We want to be sold out to Him. But in reality, there's a lot of fears we have. There's a lot of struggles we have. There's a lot of sin that camps out in our heart and in our life. And if we're not careful, we sell out to that. And our heart begins to just camp out right there. And that's exactly where Satan wants you. That's exactly where he wants you because he knows when he has your heart, he knows he has your full devotion and attention away from Almighty God. And so as Rahab is beginning to listen to these testimonies of God, her life begins to change. Her family's life begins to change. And here's what she does. Number two, she risked everything to become a true follower of God. She risked it all. And I'm wondering this morning, what are you and I willing to do? What are we willing to lay on the line to risk, to give up everything in order to follow God? The way Jesus says it, you take up the cross. You deny self, you take up the cross, and you follow me. Nothing needs to get in the way of that. What are you pursuing this morning? For Rahab, her life was a prostitute. Think about her reputation in the city. Think about her walls that had been built up. She risked everything. And she knew in time, that's what, that's what she had to prove to people that she had changed, was time and testimony and her walk with the Lord. She risked it all. She was even willing to risk her own family because she knew she had to make a decision. And when she made that decision, it not only changed her life, 
it made all the difference with her family. You see, folks, again, this isn't just about me. This isn't just about you, is it? Your decisions and your choices to follow God help you first, but as you follow Him every day of life, people are watching you, especially the little ones, especially your children and your grandchildren, all 15 of them, they're watching you. They're watching every move you make. What decisions are you making today that will influence the faith of your family? What decisions are you making today that will influence co-workers around you? What decisions will you make today that will influence you fill in the blank? Maybe it's a family member that you're trying to reach. I don't know who it is, but I guarantee you there is somebody that God places in our path every day of life that we want to influence for his good. Rahab risked it all. And here's the amazing thing. If you follow this story, look in verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sign, a sure sign, that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, right there in the margins, write the word family, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. You see what Rahab is crying out? Rahab says, I am not going to go unless my family can come too. Give me a sign, Lord, that they can come to. Because it's no longer about me. It's about them too. And I want to know that the decision I'm making right now for you will influence them as well. Again, no greater joy than to know that our children are walking in the truth. I love how this story pans out. And if you jump down to verse 17, you learn later that Rahab and the two spies came to an agreement. And here it is in verse 17. Men said to her, This oath you made us, swear, will not be binding on us, unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into your house, and if anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, and we will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on your head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from the oath that you made us swear. Agreed, she replied, let it be as you say. And so she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. And when they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. 
And then the two men started back. And they went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into your hands, and all the people are melting in fear because of us. You see, when Israel would walk through the city, they would look for that scarlet thread that was hanging from a window. And everyone who walked by and saw it in that household would be saved. Two things had to happen. Number one, you had to trust the Lord by not giving up the plans to the city of Jericho. That meant you had to risk your life and your family. And number two, you had to be in the room. But here's the amazing thing. That room was a place of protection that was symbolized by that scarlet thread, by that scarlet cord. Our God is able to do anything. Our God is able to save us in any way that he sees fit. Our God is willing to do whatever it takes for you and the family to be on his side. That's amazing. But then again, we serve an amazing God. And when you stop and think about it, the good news today, there's a scarlet thread that runs down to us. God sent his son Jesus to the cross, stained with the blood of Jesus who died for us. He became our scarlet thread. And what he asked us to do is to simply believe and trust in him. And when we are baptized into Christ, the blood of Jesus covers our sins. That's it. And we come up a brand new person. And he loves us so much that he knew we're going to be weak, we're going to be sinful. And so what did he do? He placed his spirit in our heart to be with us every step that we take. Praise God for our scarlet thread. And more and more people need to know about it. And it's up to you and me to spread the word. Well, we're real good at spreading a lot of things, aren't we? Sometimes we spread things that are not true. This is truth. You can count on it every day of life. So I want you to hear these words as we close in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. John says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word 
of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We're overcomers today by the blood of the Lamb. And I don't know what it is that's keeping you from being the person that God wants you to be. But the good news is you can overcome anything. Rahab did. You can too. Maybe today is the day that you decide, I need to be baptized into Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to cover my sins. Today's a great day for that to happen. And if that's what you need, if you need prayers, whatever is on your heart, if we can help you in a public way, we want to do that this morning. As we sing this song and as we continue to worship, you come.